The greatest problem in this world is that people are too f***ing scared to be themselves. Scared of what others think. Why? Because society made you fit into a tiny little box. Well, it's good to be here with you, Emma. I guess like this, we're going to do this one a little bit differently, aren't we? Because Luca's been moving through some intense things the past few weeks. I thought maybe as we kind of did, and for everyone listening on the replays as well, for you to kind of give a little bit of an insight into what you've been experiencing this past week. Man, fuck, what a crazy week. <clears throat> so for those who joined me last week, you know, it was starting just the way I'm starting now, not knowing what the hell the outcome was going to be. Um, just thought it was another Monday. And then I started, you can see in my interview last week, I started coughing and I had a cough that just starting to develop. And I was like, what do I have here? Do I don't have COVID or something? It's like I've never really experienced that cough before. And then towards the end of the interview, it got worse and worse and worse. And then we had to finish the interview 10 minutes early. I'd messaged Emma privately on here and um, because the feelings were getting more intense, like a, a shorter breath and I started getting pain in my back and my chest. And then all of a sudden after I finished this interview, I just it hit me and um, I had to get rushed to hospital. I couldn't breathe. So I ended up with a collapsed right lung, a spontaneous pneumothorax or primary neurothorax and... Um, I've been in hospital from Monday, past Monday till Thursday, and then I was recovering at home for the last three days, and now I'm back at it. But it seems like it was another lifetime. Like it's mm. so crazy how things can turn around. And, I, and I'm like, I'm, I'm physically good to be speaking and on this interview and everything um, on our show, but mentally, emotionally, nothing's changed. Like I've been, oh, actually, there's a lot's changed, but. I've gone in such a in such a good way mentally and emotionally, and right now I'm here. I'm like I've got so many different blessings and experiences from such a scary time because, and we'll unpack it. But like for a moment there, I thought I was actually going to die of like, um, like limit to having suffocation. I thought I was going to suffocate myself because I couldn't breathe, and then there was a period in hospital there where I actually thought I had died because I went through a period. I went through, I was sedated with ketamine and I went through a psychedelic journey um, for 15 minutes, but which seemed like a lifetime, but yeah, pretty wild. And here we are. Mm. And I just think like, it's incredible. I remember you messaging me and just telling me like what had happened and everything. And it's just so inspirational to see someone with so much courage. And I think like wherever we take this, this, this episode today, I think it's just, beautiful to watch someone have that much power within them and courage within them and really embody that in their life no matter what they're faced with because that is a huge thing to be faced with and when you're faced with that idea of like I think I'm going to die Mm. what did that bring up for you man it was pretty oh like panic's been something that's been common in my life right like I've had some panic attacks um more so in the last couple of years than anything and I I saw I've been able to hold myself in those situations which is good and I can hold my clients in those situations but that's what started to happen was like this panic because literally like five minutes after we closed down our interview I was outside trying to breathe in some cool air and it couldn't and I couldn't and I was like fuck the pain's getting worse the pain's getting worse so the panic started to set in and for anyone who's gone through a panic attack uh, or extreme anxiety, it can be pretty intense. Physically, on the out- on the outside, externally, it looked like I was just I was calming myself down. And I I think I do such a good job to not let the internal come out in certain ways. Like I can, it appears that I'm I'm okay, but deep down, I'm just working it, like really trying to like focus on calming myself down. And so on the inside, I was shitting myself. Like I was like all the thoughts are coming up. It's like, what if this gets worse? What if I actually can't breathe? What like, and, and cause you're actually breathing in, right. And you take a normal deep breath in, which I can do now. It's, it's okay. Like you're like, Oh, you feel that almost like you, you satisfied something when you go to the end. Um, mm-hmm. but you only can go like say one eighth of that. 
and there's no satisfaction of that you've actually put oxygen into your body and you just can't and that's just over over and over and over and over again and i'm just sitting there and i yelled out to danielle i was like danielle i think i'll go to the hospital and i could only like sit on my knees and, and lean over at that point to to breathe and so she rushed me in the car and then in the car i'm like fuck i i can't breathe and i i, I just told danielle that i said oh, fuck, i can't breathe and she's like trying to stay calm too but then i'm um, i'm internally i had to go into a meditation because i was like don't become this thought don't become this thought and i just had to work really hard on not becoming that thought and that meditation was like i've got to calm down my my nervous system because my nervous system is shitting itself right now and if i can do that then I'm going to make it and I'm going to be okay because I just needed to get to the hospital because I knew once I got to the hospital, I'll be okay. I'll, they'll sort me out. Mm. Yeah. I think, like, it's the resources that you already had that allowed you to, to calm yourself in that moment, right? Yeah. But then, obviously, you were confronted with, with this. I want to know more about when you actually experienced this, I guess you could call ego death within yourself and and how that actually felt for you because that's a, a different thing to face as well yeah that was actually like fuck it's done so that was pretty crazy i got into hospital they took x-rays they said oh yeah your right lung's completely gone like they had me on the oxygen just so i could get enough oxygen through my other lung and then we had to wait till the doctor was available to so i had to sit there and it was pretty pretty painful to be honest sitting there for a couple of hours mm-hmm. and then I was like, oh, what's this operation going to be like? Like, what are they going to do? And I had to wait for the, the surgeon or the doctor to come in. And then she comes in. She's like, yeah, this is what we're going to have to do. And they started prepping me. And they said, we're going to put you on some ketamine. And I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. And I just knew. I was like, mm. I've had some friends who have done ketamine in the healing space um, and the plant medicine and, and the psychedelic space. And they've yeah, told me some it. stories. Not, definitely not for healing, but <laughs> <laughs> I know the experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing was, is the, the nurse was like, Oh, 10 milligrams of ketamine just about to put it through my IV. And mm. then she's like, no 40. And I was thinking in my head, I'm like, that's a fucking huge jump, like 10 to 40. Mm. And mm. So it turns out, you know, I'm getting this, getting ready to get into there, like cleaning me all up. My head's behind my shoulder, mm-hmm. my hands behind my head, sorry, my shoulder's back. They're like prepping me with the um, anti, well, disinfectant or whatever it is, antiseptic stuff. And then they've injected the ketamine in, and Danielle had to go out of the room for this. And then fucking like it was just like in a second Mm. that everything i was looking up at the roof and then the roof just went like like it was like like vibrating and then it just went like it evaporated into itself and then i was just gone i was like i was just fucking gone i I thought my eyes were open still but i was just gone and everything folded on into itself my identity was gone danielle didn't exist no one existed and i was shitting myself because i've gone through some pretty deep journeys like that and i got to a point where i'm like um i had to hold the terror from taking over because Mm -hmm. my thought was that's it now like i'm done i've gone and I, it was like it happened so quick that I didn't need, I, I didn't have time to process it. Like it wasn't like I was in that, you know, when people say they go to the light and they feel uh, with near-death experiences, they go to the light and they're like, oh, my God, I don't want to come back. For me, I didn't have that choice. I didn't have that feeling. It was like I was journeying somewhere. And then all of a sudden I'm like I'm walking, I'm being pushed on my stretcher bed through through some like fucking – art gallery like some art gallery with halls and i'm looking at these halls and they're like red and white and i'm like why am i going through this art gallery and then i can hear voices and i can't really hear what they're saying i can just hear people talking around me and i thought i was just i was i was gone and there's something there was something there where it was like but you're okay 
Like I had to accept the fact that it was almost like I wanted to hold on to my reality of like, no, because it was like the doctors aren't real. Danielle's not real. You're not real. Life wasn't real. The hospital wasn't real. Nothing was real. And that's the scary part is you're like, you don't know where you are. And then I just thought I'm in the middle of fucking nowhere in infinite space. Mm. That was the thought I was having. It's like, I'm in infinite space. I'm, I'm in this void. And you feel safe there when you realize that you're not, because you've been there, obviously, in waking reality. Yeah. In meditation, deep trance states. But did you feel safe? Yeah. That you felt yourself there? It, well, it didn't feel unsafe. I just felt scared. Like there was nothing there to be like, like worried about that it was like there wasn't any demons or devils or any like there was it was white light like it was a white hall it was all open it was the terror of me losing myself Mm. and that's the ego death because that's what I came out and realized because I didn't know all this when I was going through it like Mm -hmm. I didn't only I processed this in the hospital afterwards like what the fuck just happened and so it was the terror of me realizing I was never in anything to begin with. And I think that's what it came to show me was that you were never in an identity to begin with. Mm. It's like you're, you're identityless. I don't know if that's a word. That's the word that I'm saying. It's like you're faceless. Mm. Remember that. And that's, that was like, fuck, okay. And I'm like, okay, is this just my experience in this world? And when I eventually came back, well, the first moment that I came back was I could started to hear, I couldn't see anything, but I could started to hear the doctors say stuff mm. before they said it. So I was hearing the same sentence twice and I was like, what the fuck? I'm in a loop. And then I was just like, fuck, I'm stuck. I'm never getting out of this. That was my thought. I was like, mm. I'm never getting out of this. I'm in a loop. And then all of a sudden it started to, have new sentences come in so this is when the ketamine was wearing off and then my eyes just opened a glimpse and i saw the top of the roof in the room and i'm like fuck yes thank god thank god it's real the hospital was real i am in hospital danielle is here and i and i didn't see her face yet but i was just like oh shit but then i went through this process as if i was like coming back into my body because i couldn't swallow and i had like i was i felt the oxygen just blasting me and i remember saying too much oxygen and they were just like ignored me obviously because the oxygen hadn't changed but i it was like i got blasted back into my body and i felt all these things and i thought shit i can't swallow i'm gonna die and it was like a discomfort of coming back into the body and then it slowly was like oh no i'm okay i can breathe i can swallow i can do all this and then danielle walked into the room and i was like fuck thank god thank god you're here Mm. it's fucking wild man how has it changed your perception of how you view reality when you experience something like that because we experience it like in our waking life or in the plant medicine ceremony or whatever but like how does it feel to experience reality now like has your perception of it changed you know like i've always had this we've always i've always believed in this like Mm -hmm. the the concepts that was shown to me that this is just temporary that this is just you know we are living in an infinite space of reality like consciousness is this is just a speck a speck of sand in my soul's evolution of you know Mm -hmm. life life at the beach right but Mm -hmm. um it it actually put that like it cemented that in for me it's like this is just a temporary temporary existence this is something to not take advantage of or take take for granted like i'm so much more grateful i'm so grateful because one i get to have this awareness of life and like feel like nothing is nothing is limited it's us that makes it limited. We that's I went back to that state. Right? That was my default state. And it was like a glimpse of my default that everything is just an endless hall at an art gallery. You can't see the end. 
But if you go down the hall, eventually you'll be pushed back around to the beginning, right? And it just continues. And you just keep getting pushed around on this bed, this stretcher bed. And for me now, it's like, well, what can I do in this version of me? I'm Luca Ritti in this life and, you know, coming to, like, that's just how I see life. It's like not worrying about what people think, how I, how people think, how people perceive me because of how I see the world. Mm. Because there is that, that part of you that gets scared of what other people think because, you know, I haven't really truly been comfortable with expressing all of me mm. because that whole thing of like, oh, well, you've, you're so different, man. You've lost it. You've gone a bit weird. Mm. You've changed. And I think that affects all of us. You know, I'm sure you feel that too, Emma. Completely. Right? Completely. Yeah. And I guess it took, like, you actually removing yourself from your identity and from everything that you saw as was you to realise that it wasn't you. Mm. But to realise it wasn't you doesn't mean that you didn't want to enjoy and appreciate everything that is being given to you to this, like you said, this, you are Luca Reedy right now, never yeah. you're experiencing. So it heightens that gratitude that you get to experience now, right? Yeah. Because you get to see that, okay, it's not me, but I get to enjoy it and I get to be fulfilled in this, this lifetime as well and take advantage of everything that's available to me. Yeah. You know what, though? It's funny because I'm talking about this now with you, Emma, but mm-hmm. straight after this, I was like, I'm fucking, I don't want to talk anything spiritual right now. I was mm-hmm. like, don't, like, I was like, what the, f-? I was so, it was such a deep dive that I had almost got like my years, a year's worth of spiritual experience in one moment. Mm-hmm. And so Danielle was like, oh, do you want me to like get you some, get you a crystal or anything from at home? And I was like, none of that shit right now. Mm-hmm. That was literally my response. It's like, I don't want any of that shit right now. I need to process what just happened. Like it was like even a deta- I would detach from my spiritual persona that's how much truth was blasted through me at the moment. That's what I believe. Like I was like, I was blasted back, reset back to zero that my spiritual persona didn't even want to jump out and come forward. Do you think like the terror that you felt when you were like there was, was also part of that because you were kind of realizing so many truths all at once, but the fear of actually what that would what that would equate to when you came back to reality like would be it would be big oh man yeah it's a good point like i feel like that terror had a it was like the terror of you know losing someone who's dear to you Mm. who you've spent a lot of time with and you're seeing them go in this moment so you can imagine that right like fuck that is scary witnessing them having to be both being evaporated is the word that I see. It was like blasted mm. into nothingness to show that you are nothing but you're everything at the same time. Mm. And so now, like, I'm so... One of the things that I'm really, really noticing is how much more emotionally grounded and me- emotionally and mentally grounded I am mm. um, and how much less desperation I have in my body. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think there's a part of us that are all... Yeah, you know, like this desperation is is like even in the spiritual realms, any realm, it's like we're manifesting something because we don't have something and we're desperate for something because we don't have something. And I'm just like, nah, I've got it all. And I think all the work that I've done leading up to that moment just clicked and it made sense. It's like, yeah, you've got it all. Like gratitude, just fucking express it. But don't be small and say I don't deserve anything. Just like what do you want? And what's true for you? Because I've I've got there's judgment in the spiritual realms. I've got friends in the spiritual community that no doubt have opinions about what I've experienced and how I choose to live my life. Even because even though we share the same values, like I, th- I think everyone's gonna have a perception of you and your reality. And I think that 
desperation of me trying to keep a persona up and trying to keep a lifestyle going or a certain perspective of or a certain way of being going it's just it's dropped um and this is you know like after you go through any sort of transformational experience there's a period of integration where it all starts to click and i know it's going to make more sense as you know two weeks three weeks go on but like you know i don't need to prove myself to you emma and that's the thing where there's a part of me that needs to like show who I am in all my last interviews of like, yeah, I'm this like guru guy. I'm like, no, I don't need to show that. Like I just need to show up and be like, Hey, this is just what I believe. And I'm willing to accept that I'm wrong because like being humbled by mother nature is one of the most fucking incredible experiences in, in the sense where you get to process that experience and you get to learn that, there's 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 a natural respect that needs to be put out there to all things in mother nature and that includes other people as well it's like you know i don't need to prove myself to show that i'm more of a guru or more better than you or more better than anyone or like i'm the superior it's when i say i'm grounded we're all standing on the ground together so that's sort of what i'm sort of feeling is like just i'm with you man I'm with you. We're in this together. I'm a reflection of you. You're a reflection of me. I love you as much as I love me. And that's fucking really cool because now I don't have this, what can I, what am I going to say next? What can I say to like, you know, how fucking awesome I, I am, make people think how awesome I am so then they maybe become one of my clients one day. There's the ego that just works in such a complex way. And fuck, so be it. So be it. So fucking be it. Like this is who I am, and I'm and I'm loving this new energy because it's more me. Mm-hmm. It's more me. I like look at Danielle. I'm like fuck. I love you. <laughs> you know, I don't. I don't care about the things that Luca likes in women. I don't care about the thing that Luca likes in other people, friends. Like, I can look at you and, you know, fuck, one of my clients, she was going through a hell of a day on the Monday. And um, her mum, like, the day of, that, the that day while I was in the hospital. It's the morning for you, yeah. So we get a message from her. I get a message from her mum saying, like, hey, is there any chance you could help out right now? And I'm like... Danielle, could you message her? Because Danielle knows her mum too and, mm-hmm. and everything like that. So Danielle messaged her and Danielle's worked with her as well before. So it was good. I was like, Danielle, I can't. And she's – and I said, but just just like – Danielle just did it. it, helped her out anyway, and it was just like a no-brainer. But I just couldn't get her out of my mind that day. Um, like I couldn't get her out of my mind as I was sitting there in the bed waiting to go under. And as I went through, it was like – what I experienced and how I came out on the other side, she came out on the other side too. It was this crazy thing because the first thing, like one of the first things I said when I got out was that my client's name. I said, I said to Danielle, how's such and such? And she's like, like it's all good. And I was just like concerned about her because I was like the terror that I went through, I don't want, I remember saying this to Danielle, I was like, I don't want anyone to go through that. I want people just to feel love, not feel fear. Like just feel love. I said those words because like this is the most important thing in life. And you think about the work that you do, Emma, like I know you fucking, you do a lot of work on yourself and it's it's beautiful because every time you climb, I climb and we almost encourage each other. But you're really climbing into your truth and that truth is like, it's more self-loving, self-accepting, but also loving and accepting of others. Okay. I think that's what we're working towards. Mm. I think that's beautiful. And, like, what you can see in yourself now, just observing you and, like, hearing your words, is, like, just your unfolding into, like, deeper version of who is the authentic version of myself. You know? Yeah. Like, like, taking back all the layers of everything that you think that you are everything that other people think that you are and you're like what mm. is the truest expression of me like right? mm-hmm. 
And what that did for you there was, like you said earlier, Luca, like just humbled you into that person. Yeah. And the important thing to realize here, I think what you said about just not proving yourself, why do you need to feel like you need to prove yourself when you're already enough as you are? Like, I am, like what does I am mean? I am is I am. We don't need to attach or add anything else to it. Yeah, um, I really loved some of those those blessings that you just shared. But I I wonder if you what else you took you took from from that because yeah, something like this I think like you said there's going to be more things that come through for you over the next few yeah. weeks through that integration period. But you know something like that it shakes our whole way of mm. being in the world. <laughs> I'm lying. Like that, but I can see it in yourself, like observing you. I can see a totally new energy that's moving through you. And yeah, it's. I'm intrigued as to to what else you feel came through to you and how you're gonna integrate that into your life now. Yeah, I'm like I think the biggest thing that I'm noticing is like a lot more gratitude, and just forgiveness for for myself not really dwelling on the past like it, it was also the first time that I got to really test my mindset all the work that you know on myself that I do and that I've looked I've been genuinely interested in doing I'm not changing myself because I want to get something um, I'm just genuinely wanting to be a better person and I think that's all the self-development that I've done is just because I want I know I can be better and I say this to my mum, mum's like, you know, I had an ego death and she's like, tell me about that. And I'm like, because I've got a really spiritual relationship with my mum and I was telling her about the whole experience and and she's like, you don't have any ego. What are you talking about? I was like, yeah, like I do a good job of blending in mm-hmm. with it. Like, I, but I see it, I see it and I observe it mm-hmm. and and I know what I've, what, where, I, where I look to be, portray myself as a guru or look to portray myself as this is ego is fat is multi-layered and i got to see all of this you know getting humbled is just basically stripping away that feeling mm-hmm. of superiority um that's innate that just wants to be innately expressed but now it's like this is the cool part was where i got to see the mindset that i've cultivated mm-hmm. over time which is this it's this mindset and knowing where I'm a creator, not a victim. Like I've been working on that for so long where I, the first thing it, in something like this, the first thing someone will do is look for someone or something to blame. They're always like, why do you think that happened? Like what, what, what caused that? And I was like, the fucking divine caused it, man. Like that's how I feel. It was like the fucking divine caused that. But there's all these moments where you're like, oh, was it because, you know, you got a, you've got a vaccine or is it because you've, like, eaten like shit or is it because you did all this emotional work? Was it because you did um, all this breath work for six weeks? Was it because, like, you know, it's linked to your dad and your dad does, you know, that's the right side and your dad's life was, is, is tarnishing your life? And mm. No, man, like... Mm, my greatest i'm not i'm in the world not of it i'm in the world not of it my faith lies on the thrones of the divine like i'm there with it and i choose to find the blessings not choose i don't choose to find someone to blame Mm. and that was like one of the mantras that i listen to over and over in my head each week is choose to find the blessings don't find someone to blame Mm. and i had these fucking crazy synchronicities you know coming out on monday where like this lady so i list i watched a documentary like as i was coming out i had my phone and like i could sort of just like sit like this so i had my one arm and i'm like <laughs> sitting there like this on my phone and i'm watching this netflix short documentary on on ram das oh yeah on about about death going home going home yeah. and it was so fitting for that day and he talked about it as if, like, he was in that experience with me just in that moment. Mm. And so I'm coming out of all this shit and mm. and I'm like, yeah, he's like, yeah, this is just one life. And he's talking about reincarnation. He's like, we're going back to, 
you know, we have to surrender where we're going back to. This is the place where we're going back to is loving awareness. And we can bring that into this now moment too. And then all of a sudden, so that I'm watching that and then I'm hearing this like, because I'm in the emergency department at this point, waiting for my bed to uh, clear up upstairs. And um, this crazy, <laughs> okay, so I won't say crazy, but that's that's the external appearance, right? So. She, you know, I heard the nurse saying this lady had bipolar and she's got depression, manic depression, and they're like, but she's like saying COVID's a hoax and she's saying like being really unnecessarily aggressive at the nurses and stuff too. And I'm just like witnessing all of this. And she, her comments were like, oh, and this nurse, she was so lovely for me. And but she's getting copping a beating over there to the, with this other lady. And she's like, Oh, that's your name is and this, this this patient was like, Oh, that's your name, is it? Oh, that's what you think your name is. It's not really what your name is, though, is it? And so she's like, you know, I've been alive for seven point eight or oh no, thirteen point eight billion years and I've lived over and over and over and over again. And you think you can kill me? You think you can give me a tablet and kill me? Yeah, try. Why don't you just try? And I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Like someone to say these things about reincarnation next to me, but also to witness that, you know, fuck, everyone was like treating her like, you know, she's wanting to, but there's unnecessary tension in that moment. Whether she speaks, she's tapped into a, to a truth about reincarnation or not, there's so much, like the polar opposites were so crazy inside of her. Um, but I was like, this is just this beautiful awareness that I have of just that one message that I needed to say, hey, you didn't die. You don't die. You, you're eternal. 13, 13.8 billion years. You're eternal. And that was sort of that message that I needed to hear in that moment. And then I'm in the elevator. Um, I was just getting stretched back to my room after getting an X-ray. I had about fucking eight X-rays. And so I'm like getting stretched back and I'm in the elevator and this, this these two nurses know each other and they're talking about, one of them's talking about his philosophy assignment that he's going through right now. And he's, he said, yeah, we're really studying, we're doing this really cool like um, essay or whatever it was, this assignment on 12th century Zen Buddhist philosopher um, Dagon. And I was like, what the fuck? And so I'm listening to it and he's like, yeah, it's all about time. And it's about how time is this masterpiece that isn't is so different to how we understand Earth, and it's like the mountains are just movements in, of time. They're just time storage devices when you look at mountains. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it gives me this real under, real understanding of what time and space looks like on on Earth. And I'm just like, in my head, I'm like the fuck am I witnessing? It was just this beautiful synchronicities of like time is nothing. Don't worry about time. Time and space works differently here. The time on earth that you experience is different on here. So, you know, in that moment, I'm just taking all these synchronicities in and, and just absorbing them and realizing that I'm in the perfect spot at the perfect time. There is nowhere else to be. I, there was no better way that I could have been to prevent this from happening. It's just happening and I could have spent that whole time ignoring all these signs, you know, sitting in woe. Woe is me. I'm busted up. Fuck, I'm, I'm doing okay. Like, I'm, you know, I'm struggling. I didn't once say I was struggling. I just said, look, I feel pain. I was just like, this is what I'm presently doing. But I was never saying I was struggling. I was never saying, like, I was never reaffirming a reality that I wanted to live in, that which I didn't want to live in. And I just kept believing believe 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 that everything was perfect in that moment and i i held myself was like yeah i'm okay you know it was scary for danielle being on the other side because she thought you know she was going to lose me there for a period but at the end of the day we're all okay we're all okay and we've got this beautiful thing of life and we i think we just really fucking cherish it that's a testament to the mindset that you've cultivated completely yeah how does this change how you show up in the world now 
I think that first thing I was saying is like not desperate. I'm just being more where I'm not before I'd like try and rush things. It's funny because I was learning about, I was studying time in my, doing my own little research on time and different philosophies of time before I went into this thing. <laughs> and it was a, there's a passage in one of the books I was reading, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And he talks about Einstein time and, you know, this rushing energy and, the mantra that I took from all of that was I'm the master of my time. Time's created in me. I'm not a victim of time. And so, you know, I'm not like, I'm doing this, I'm doing this thing now where um, I'm just not rushing. And I think it was sort of cemented, you know, it's like the prelude. Like I had to do this mini test before I did the exam so the mini test was reading the book. The exam was going into the this having this experience, and now I'm like, I've graduated that experience. Mm. And so I think that's what happens a lot in life with us is that we learn something relevant in the moment, we'll be tested on it, and then we graduate with it. Mm. And I feel like that was almost like that whole graduation of like, don't rush, don't think that you need something else or more. You will have more, and if you've got a desire in your heart to have more like just honestly observe that don't don't try and think like that's you just observe that desire because that desire is something that you're calling in for this life deep down but i think there's this aspect to us that we we have to become the thing that we want in the sense of like the physical external thing but we just need to be that thing internally and trust that it's coming and not try and desperately hope for it because hope is just a lack of faith and if we look like if we if we just have faith that it's coming and it's already happened like our prayers have already been answered then so be it it's like i was like i'm just declaring what i want this this month i'm declaring it but then i'm going to surrender it and i'm not going to try and take any of that what happens and what doesn't happen personally i'm just going to live in my my joy in this moment knowing that what i'm capable of in this moment is is enough that's exactly what i need to do and that's it i think so it comes back to a lot of like you know you're enough i am enough as i am that's a fucking big thing emma like if you think about you know the the work that i do now and you know how i show up I talk a lot about self-worth as well in in a sense because it all comes back to how we feel about ourselves, right, and that world will reflect that. But for me to actually say those words, I am enough, it's pretty cool to hear and it's like, yeah, I actually feel that. Um, and how to, how can people feel that more often without having to have an experience like I did? And I think that is a part of my role here on Earth is to help people feel these sort of concepts and ideas of life without having to go through an experience like I did. It's like, I mean, that's a teacher, right? It's like to really teach what they know. An embodied teacher. Yeah. I feel so much more embodied right now. Like where am I being a fraud and where am I being in truth? And then I'll make sure that those two incongruencies line up. How did you identify where you were previously being fraud in your life and how now this shift has shown you how to release those identities and those attachments to those identities? Yeah, you know, like being a fraud in many ways, it's not like lying to people in that sense of like how we see fraud, but like being a fraud to myself. It's like where am I not being myself is more the, more the term that I'm using here and it's like... I think I've done a really good job to be real and honest with people. It's like, hey, I am struggling in many ways in many areas. That's okay. But there are many ways where I'm like trying to make out like everything's all good. And we do, we do that in society. We like brush it off and we say, hey, yeah, no I'm, no, I'm great. Yeah, I'm great. Deep down you're like fucking terrified or you're scared and you're anxious. You're like, nah, it's all right. Or you're deeply sad. I think, you know, the past couple of years I've had to, get really comfortable with being more in my truth and I've had moments where I got to express those truths and that was where I set a new benchmark for myself but like like I said before like just showing up in my ego every day of like it's not about you know when we think about ego some people think about having no ego is like 
you don't want things you know i look at oprah and that ego is a very necessary part it doesn't it isn't the part that leads it's just the part that exists mm. and a lot of us lead with our ego and i look at oprah and i'm not saying she's a shining example of what i'm talking about but what i'm saying with oprah is you know she has a billion dollar business that that business has a persona connected to it which is oprah so oprah has oprah shows up with her oprahisms and the way she is and it's like that's an example of ego expressed but what part of her spirit is helping ground the rest of that in so i think there's this balance between allowing your ego to live because you know this is luca who wants to have the earpods wear the glasses have the beanie on have this cool cardigan on and show up on this call and talk some mm. cool spiritual shit mm-hmm. and so that's a part of my personality which is my ego and that serves me and i like it it feels good to me um and i have to come to accept that part of me but i can't let that part of me lead me away from my spirit mm. my spirit has to be equally in this moment and so i think a big part of me wants to a big part of me now is to observe my identity and the personas that i throw out there to this world and know which ones are in congruency with a congruent with my spirit which ones aren't and allow my spirit to be equally in this picture mm. equally in this picture as if my spirit is speaking through my ego mm. and my ego isn't filtering it how are you that's pretty deep mm. <laughs> how are you going to allow that more it's funny i'm reading my cup has better half right mm. better half and i'm just thinking about the two halves of the ego and the soul mm. which one's which one's the better one um it's just all rooted in i'm better you're not right the how am i going to do that i think for me it's like when you when you learn something and it becomes a knowing as opposed to as you're learning something trying to get it to become a knowing your actions are different so if i'm in my exam i'm trying to act differently consciously to to because i can see what the right answer is in this sense through the exam of like how can i let my spirit speak through my ego without my ego filtering it that's what i want as the outcome and so i'll 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 consciously try to change that as i'm learning mm. but in this moment after i've gone through this experience on the other side it's a knowing and it's like i just it just happens it's mm. like you've you've made it you've made an unconscious shift mm. and, and so i feel I feel like it's just a natural like I'm not trying to be someone right now. I think the moment you're trying to be someone is the moment where you're still trying you still haven't grasped the concept. Mm. But it's a necessary part because you still have you still have these moments where you've got to consciously change a habit of being yourself. And and if you want to break a habit of being yourself of who you think you are then you've got to consciously do that so it's a necessary step in trying to change because there's a lot of there's a lot of rewards through working on yourself right it's not easy it's not effortless in many ways but it doesn't also have to be hard so making the making the unconscious conscious and then trying to change that would look like in this sense like making sure that your spirit speaks through your ego is like who do you want to be who do you see yourself as wanting to be like who's your highest who's the highest expression of yourself and how do they act and then i think if you get really clear on that end picture for you of what you would like to be in that moment say you know i don't like how i have these misogynistic comments or i don't like how i I always have constructive uh, just deconstructive opinions 
to people or destruct sorry destructive opinions on people and i don't like how when someone's having a good time i like to find a way to mess it up so these are habits that you become aware of Mm. and then it's like well who the fuck am i then who do i want to be in that moment who the fuck do i want to be figure that out and then see the, dis- the the incongruencies of who those two people are being, of who you're being now, and that's becoming an energetic match for your future. But the biggest thing of all of this is, like, awareness. Like, Emma, how important is awareness on this fucking journey? It's, like, literally 99% of this journey. Yeah. <laughs> Once you've seen something, that's the first step, like, the, the biggest step as well. And I think... Yeah. It's something for a long time I wasn't as aware of. It's like I wasn't as aware of how powerful awareness is on the yeah. journey. Always looking yeah. for things outside of myself to make sense of things. Well, when's the next book? When's the next coaching uh-huh. program I'm going to do? But coming back to yourself, and I guess for you, Luca, that experience, it showed you the importance of coming back to self and who that self truly is beyond all identities, beyond all anything that we kind mm. of like to conceptualize in this reality. Mm. And when you come back to that part, you realize you've kind of got all the resources that you need within you. You've got all the power that you need within you, but it's the process through awareness of trusting that. Mm. And how can yeah. you deeply trust that? Yeah. And, you know, I'm not here to live a fucking boring life i'm not here to live a life in a, in a cave and this is just me not everyone has to live this but like i don't want to meditate for for three months in a silent retreat like i'll do it for a month on the uh, i'll do it for 10 days i've done it for 10 days yeah would i would i do it for a month only if i felt a necessary calling to it for a greater purpose but the truth is I'm not here to live in a loincloth and meditate. Like I want to have an sh- extraordinary human life filled with divine awareness, mm-hmm. just like fucking love, loving awareness. I want to love everything I do. I want to love everyone I'm around. I want to love the people that don't love me and I don't have to try to love them. I just want to inherently love them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I want to just experience what it feels like to be a part of this planet in love and mm-hmm. my voice inner voice inside me is zero you know it's so silent and peaceful <sighs> i can't believe that like just observing that and i'm just only really observing that now is like how peaceful my inner dialogue is Was it noisy? so i think it's always been noisy I think I'm always trying to analyze the external world. Um, and there's like fucking power. Hey? Like, was you felt like you were maybe analyzing the external world to make more sense of yourself? Yeah, like, analyze. I'm very analytical in the sense of, like, um, I, I learn by breaking down my experience. Mm-hmm. But... I think I've had, and I'm not saying it's not going to come back to that, but I've just like, I've got this knowing that it just is what it is. I don't know. It's hard to explain. It just is what it is. And I think that's a concept which I've seen in other people and I'm like, oh, you're a bit out there. You're a bit weird. But I sort of, it's clicking. It's like, it just is what it is. Like there, and I've always felt this, there is no right or wrong. I felt that after doing a Dean Martini course um, maybe two years ago, year and a half ago, um, and, you know, one of the things he talks about is everything's perfect in perfect harmony and balance, so you'll always be supported as much as you'll be challenged, um, and duality is, a, is just an essential ingredient of this world. And so, you know, that was pretty powerful when I had that realisation, but he talks about there is no right or wrong. And he helps people heal from some deep shit mm. because he has a process, the Martini method, which breaks that down. And I think since that moment, it's opened up that doorway to think about life as like, what if there is no wrong? What if what happened to me wasn't wrong? And I went through that journey to get outside of my victim, 
to not be that persona of my past of like this happened to me and that's what really ultimately showed up in the hospital was like this none of this is poor me like people were saying i feel sorry for you man i feel i'm so sorry that happened to you i'm like i'm not and that's truth like that's fucking honest to god truth i'm not sorry that this happened to me i'm fucking grateful because now i get to witness that all these wonderful experiences i get to use this to help me on my journey and also help the people who seek me out to help them on their journey and i'm fucking grateful that i can have this conversation with this awareness and like as i process this you know emma you being in my field you process this you take what you need out of this as i heal my right lung part of your right side of your body heals you know something in me is healing in you and that's fucking magical so when i say i'm when people say i'm sorry that this happened i'm like i'm not because i know what this means for other people mm. right i'm just tripping a bit i'm like watching because of green around you it's really cool really? <laughs> yeah. wow i think it's just that's like, awesome it's just that love element coming in what you spoke about earlier like it really is the foundation for everything in this life and once we and not just love, unconditional love, right? And when we mm. tap into that and we feel that and we know that that's literally the essence of who we are, where we come from. And the more that we can embody it here, the more than other people can feel what that truly means for them as well. And mm. I think it's difficult to express what unconditional love is, but when you feel it, you're like, we are so all connected, right? Compassion <laughs> is like the root of how we want to show up in this world. And yeah. I know for you, Luke, even even prior to, to this, it's it's the driving force behind what you do, right? It's the driving force for home. But now it's like a more embodied driving force. And I'm mm. feeling that energy come through to myself, even listening to you talk, like you said there, by you speaking this, I kind of move into these codes within myself as well. And everyone mm. who's this you know on the replay will also do the same because we don't just learn through our own experiences we learn through the experiences of others right we learn through the experiences of others and that's that's what we're all here to do and i think to teach from that place to teach from you know what we've been through not from a state of victim but from a state of an empowered sharing of our experiences that creates in our life but also the lives of others yeah there's like i think that's like one of the most honest to god fucking powers on this planet is is to stop those qualities stop those qualities of victimhood and when i you know i've been there and we don't ever want to shame people for who they are and what they're doing because i've been there and ages as we spoke about in like the past two episodes i think we both shared the stages where we'd been angry where we'd been in our emotions and frustrated and everything so it's a process yeah yeah it's so true because the, the thing is is that when we complain we're projecting back the energy into our field and we've got to take full responsibility for our field because that's your energy and your energy is influencing the world around you. So when people come at you with all these different things, it's easy to blame. It's easy to complain. It's easy to find excuses. It's easy to have share your opinion. It's easy to point the finger and it's easy to criticize. It's easy to do that. And it's, it's really what it's what is it's doing is keeping you in the same system mm-hmm. now you want to break free from a system that isn't supporting you because you can feel that it's not supporting you because you've got all the feelings of sadness grief depression anger resentment you know judgment on yourself jealousy envy all those little emotions that come up in life just in general we're just repeating the process to happen again to someone else to come into our life to repeat that situation that's going to bring out the similar emotion. So when we, the first step, and this is like one of the principles for my clients as well, is stop all your projections and reactions. 
doesn't mean don't react. It just means react in your own space. And you go through that healing through the, through the feeling process. So, okay, where is it in your body? What is it connected to? What are you feeling? And then you connect all this to like, what is it that you, once you start going through all that and doing the clearing, you start to notice that the situations won't trigger you as much because you you connect yourself, you, you make unconscious connections to where this is in you and then you pull it out like as if you're pulling the roots of a weed out of a garden and then all of a sudden the garden starts to have things that you want in there like flowers and fruits and vegetables. And so you've got a garden that's filled with things that you don't want in there right now. And so it's it's taking all the nutrients of life away from the things that you want to thrive. So we've got to do the process first of focusing and tending on your garden. Don't tend to the garden of others. You know, a lot of people want to throw stones and stuff at the crows that come by and all of this. It's like the crows are only coming because you've got something there that's feeding them. So pull the thing out in the first place. Sit with it. Take responsibility for your garden. Focus just on your garden. And there is a process to that, a big part of it, and stop projecting is one of them. Mm. How do we start that process to stop projecting? Awareness is the first step. That's the first step I say is like awareness because you, you got to know what you're stopping, right? Mm-hmm. So what, how do you know if you're not looking? And uh, that takes that takes a lot of humility to first start this journey because someone first got to say, oh, I'm responsible. So mm-hmm. the humility is now you are actually saying I'm, I'm responsible. And it's not saying I'm responsible for, for their actions. I'm just responsible for my energy that influences their actions because it's easy you know i remember seeing this scenario on in bali and i was at the beach and there's a lot of bali street dogs and they just live at the beach right and they've got their territories and there's the alpha and then there's the weaklings and stuff and i remember seeing this one dog her name was nina and nina and there was this one balinese lady who would feed the dogs and we were walking with her on the beach one day and she was telling us about all the different dogs and then I was watching Nina and she was trying to feed Nina but all these other dogs would come in and steal her food and she would whimper off to the side and there was no barking, no nothing. It was just an energy that they could... And then here's the crazy thing, right? Then there was non-barley dogs. These were the boule dogs. They call them boule dogs, which are like um, the white people dogs. The white people dogs that are very, very domesticated they've got their vests on and all this they come in because they see this lady with food nina's still there these domesticated dogs try to beat up nina so there's an energy that nina's putting out that's welcoming these people to beat her up it's uns it's unspoken dogs are sensing it so there's this capability amongst us on earth to sense energy Dogs just happen to be fucking really good at it. And so we need to go forward remembering that we have the same capabilities, that people can sense outer energy, and it's a power play. So if we're naturally submissive, then we're going to get someone who dominates us. If we're naturally aggressive, then we're going to get someone to be that, that takes on the aggression. And so rebuilding our power comes from noticing this in the first place and just going, hey, what's my role in this? What's my role in this? Can I take responsibility for this? That's fucking humility, man. That's really uncomfortable. That means that you're the one that's like the first person to say sorry in an argument of egos. Like, I don't know. It takes months for that to happen, if ever. You know, you think about some two highly ego egotistical people are they ever going to say sorry to one another and they're going to try and prove that the other person was wrong so they're just toxic energy bouncing back and forth so you want to detach from that toxicity and just say hey okay i played a role here and then go and fucking work hard on building your awareness i do it through meditation i just do it through observation just observing the moment um, without becoming it meditation's been huge for me i think um, any mindfulness practice of just like being in the moment helps you build that awareness Mm -hmm. i love this conversation today 
It's really nice yeah, for you to, it's been good. to to share. Like it's you know what? It's quite grounding as well. It's grounding yourself, right? But anything can happen, <laughs> and it's not happening to you, but it's happening for you and through you. And even if in that moment yeah. you can't see why it's happening but to at least trust that it is happening for you and it's happening through you is one of the best resources you can have because then you're not giving your power away or staying in that victim, like you said there. And I think it's beautiful, Luca, how you can just do that, you know? Yeah, thank you. How you can just do that and it's going to, people listening to this, it's going to inspire, inspire me and it's going to inspire a lot of people that listen to this, so... The fact that you went through that is just a part of your journey to connect even deeper to the people that you hold space for and that come into your field, right? Yeah, amen. That's it. It's just creating space. And, you know, funny enough is there's just things that, you know, I've been doing no work in the past week. And things <laughs> And things just happen. Like, like my um, business just keeps growing. So <laughs> it's funny. There's this. There's a disconnection of how we think the world works and how mm. we're starting to realize it, how it works. For a takeaway around that, it's like that effortlessness, right? Yeah. And it gets yeah. You think doing thing. more. You think doing more gets more, but sometimes doing less gets you more. Being but it depends more. what you believe, right? Mm. Yeah, exactly, mm. being more. Like, what do you believe? Do you believe that hard work, that you have to work 80 hours a week to earn good money? Mm. Like, this is, there's people that that's not true for, so that's not a truth, that's just a belief. Mm. Looking at those beliefs is that awareness that you're cultivating within yeah. yourself, right? And then Amen. letting those ones go that don't serve you anymore. And I guess that's been a big part of the journey. So as we kind of wrap up today, do you want to kind of give some takeaways? I mean, you've given a lot already from this, but I'd love to you to share some short takeaways that, that we can take from, from this conversation whilst we listen to the Ibiza traffic outside. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how blessed, you know, how blessed we are to be on this mm. fucking podcast right now. You and I, Ibiza, mm. I'm in Vancouver. We're both from yeah. separate countries to where we currently reside like mm-hmm. the the whole the whole world that we live in i think it's easy to get caught up in all the bad things that are happening in this world and say that covid's changing our lives but we live in a world where globalization is growing rapidly we can be wherever the fuck we want to be if we want to be there you know i don't have to live a traditional job because of what the work that my ancestors did for me to get here of like going through all those changes and shifts in consciousness over time through the wars through the industrial revolution to the point now we're in the technological technology technological revolution and the revolution of of science and mysticism and the new age realms of consciousness and we get to be in that and this is just the beginning this is going to be the old age of a very new age that's coming through in in hundreds of years to come and to think about that we get to be a part of that is really cool the gratitude for that like no matter what where you live right now there's an opportunity like you actually get to have an opportunity where you get to change your life and you know, there's people out there, there's so many miraculous and magical stories of people of turning their their circumstances upside down and creating and turning mud into gold and lots of it. And so I think it's really nice to know that no matter what circumstance you find yourself in, we live in a world where we can change our circumstances so much quicker than ever before that people can tune into this now or later and it's the information's going to be there it's just like so much information so you know they say this is saying about this world that your transformation like the lack of transformation is just ignorance in your part in your life because the excuses that you don't have 
the ability to change is very, very small now. It's becoming smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. It's your part that you've got to be willing to change and you've got to be wanting the change. So everyone has that capability and there's no excuses now. Like I've seen, I've heard some stories from people in Africa that we know who have become, you know, couldn't pay $10 a month for the rent to now becoming fucking earning $10,000 a day US and she didn't have the traditional access to technology that we have in the Western world and she did it. And so the inspirational people are out there. Um, you can choose to find their stories if you want or you can choose to numb yourself out and not find those stories, but they're out there and they exist. So free free information out there can change your life. You don't have to do paid information. It doesn't have to You don't have to do a paid workshop. There's so much free information out there to change your life. It's if you don't want to change your life, then it's just ignorance on your part. And it is possible. It is so fucking possible. And who you think you are is very different to who you really are. And so come to realize who that person is in the mirror that you look back at and you get really comfortable with who they are. You're not going to, you're not going to need to know anyone else. Now I'm just integrating that. <laughs> That's a really yeah. powerful takeaway. <laughs> just riffing. Just riffing. Yeah, we love it, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story today. It was really, I, I really like the way we did this today because I feel like, you know, this week it's been a lot moving. So I think it was really important. Yeah, I really appreciate you. And do that. I really appreciate you, Emma, like showing mm. up and asking the questions and having genuine interest in these conversations because mm. I know how much you love growing yourself. But in when you grow that, you know, the people around you are growing and they're naturally reaping the rewards of your desire to grow because mm. you create, you know, shows like this. So mm. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate you taking the time an hour out of your day every Monday to be with me. Mm. And I, I love it. I love it too. Back to you. <laughs> well, thank you everyone who's got to this point in the episode and you'll see us again soon, I'm sure, with Christmas coming up. I Big can't. love, everyone. Yeah, <laughs> you'll you see so us again. <laughs> see you later, guys. Much Bye. love. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, you are at the end of the podcast and congratulations because you are the small 1% that actually listens to this outro.